You're listening to Live Wild Radio, the part-time adventure podcast. Join us as we explore how outdoor adventures build mind, body, and spirit. And welcome back to Live Wild Radio, the part-time adventure and full-time adventure podcast. No, it, it, did I say it wrong? I did. She did. Take no, two. it's the fitness and adventure podcast. And welcome back to Live Wild <laughs> Radio, <laughs> the fitness and adventure podcast. I'm just getting used to saying that because, you know. Um, yeah, it was the part-time adventure podcast for like three quite years. Quite a while. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to just undo. But uh, so today uh, on this episode, we thought we'd reel things back to activities that we enjoy, um, especially in the outdoors and how we can apply the training concepts and really achieve a lot of the fitness and training goals that we're out to achieve through cycling. Mm-hmm. Yes, because I'm, because our not our only demographic, but because both of us are over forty, I'm over fifty now. Uh, you're knocking on the door of it. <laughs> I, I'm with a younger woman. Uh, <laughs> you like saying that, don't you? Uh, I think all the guys date younger women. Anyways, we'll move on. Oh yeah. Um, you know, but the big thing that because that's a big chunk of look at my my personal training clients, you know, that's the the audience we target, you know, as far as uh, marketing and clients go, you know, the whole Gen X transformation and all that jazz. Um, one of the great things with cycling is it is the ideal type of cardiovascular training for people over 40. And I'm just going to reel it back in and say, <laughs> it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> right? Because I'm all about, all about the feels. But cycling, I don't know if it does for you, but I think it brings out everybody's inner child, honestly. No, I did it too much in my adult. Because remember, I raced bikes for years and years. Right. I owned a bike shop. So for me, it brings out my uh, athletic vibe. Okay. Right. You know, like real training and, you know, all the things that I used to do. Uh, right. So so it's not so much the kid thing because I did it so much as an adult that right. it, that it, it kind of is nostalgic from the, I remember when I used to be in like super, super shape. Yeah. And so I ride and train like that. Yeah. Uh, and I do too. Like, I mean, well, what I mean is that I enjoy... The improvement in performance, in endurance, and um, <clears throat> just the strength, you know, that you feel you can power through or go through in cycling without feeling, you know, tired. But it's the feels that I like the yeah. most of it. It's the endorphins. Well, it's just the wind on your back. It just feels great. Yeah. And that's oh, what, and I, that, and that's I, what and I'm I, alluding to. Like, yeah. Hey, and I, I, I guess it's the thing. Like, I love doing it. It just doesn't. And I think because, you know, you really got into cycling later as an adult, right? Well, um, more so consistently. I mean, I did cycle when I first met you years ago. Yeah, but still, right? if you take your age now and minus 15 years, you're still over 30. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So as an adult, um, you know, and, it, and I haven't done any races like you have, and you mm-hmm. can, you don't have to race to get the fitness component. Oh no, out of it. like uh, but, basically. But we feel like it's endless. We feel like there's so much opportunity here. And let's face it, I, what other sport can you do 
for over an hour working on your cardio. That you enjoy. doesn't bore the shit out of you. Yeah. Um, you so. know, you can go for hikes, um, but that's really terrain dependent. Mm-hmm. Right. You got to have a place to hike for it to be interesting. Um, Which is great. We love hiking. Yeah. And but I think one of the big things most of us run into is once you reach a certain level of fitness, you know, walking around town, even like fast walking, even with like a pack on, you know, ruck marching, it just doesn't get my heart rate up that high. Right. You know, so uh, basically you reach a point where if you're just on your own two feet, you're either going to do something like drag a tire, right? Because that does get my heart rate up. But I don't want to fucking do it for two hours. That's right. You know, or even like an hour. Like I'll drag the tire for half an hour. Yeah. Um, it's great fitness. It, it, there's a strength component, lots of benefits. But it's a slog from the beginning, right? Um, or the other thing is to run. And for those of us over 40, um, especially anybody that's carrying extra weight, running just beats the shit out of you. You know, especially if you're running on pavement. Um, like you, with your knees, you can't run. I can't run. You know? Um, whereas you can, you know, like we did a two and a half hour ride on Sunday. Yeah. And you were fine. Mm-hmm. You know? Tired. Yeah. it was a pretty fast ride. Right. Um, but, you know, that's that's sort of the great thing with cycling. Is that you can do an easy ride. You know, you can do uh, moderate rides. You can do, like today was interval day for me. So Catherine and I and a friend of ours went out for a ride at 6.15 in the morning. Um, and I did intervals. So it's like, go super hard, recover. Go super hard, recover. Go super hard, recover. And that was my ride. And there's great training benefits that come out of that. But I can do all of them on the same tool, right? Because the night before, we went out for a super easy ride. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, kind of a warm up. It was more of a recovery ride from yeah. the day before just to get things moving and get the blood flowing. Yeah, right? before we came back and lifted weights. Right, because as we taught from our previous episode, you know, continuously moving and, and getting your circulatory system going is good for recovery. Yeah. Um, you know, and the utility of a bike is fantastic. It doesn't matter what bike you have, but if you want to kind of like walking, if you want to go around town, do some errands, it adds some more activity to your day. It can raise your heart rate if you mm-hmm. choose to. Yeah. You know, you can bring, you know, load things, get some groceries, put it on a backpack, whatever, right? And that's just practical purposes mm-hmm. of using the bike. Or you can just, you know, in the middle of the day, if you work from home or, you know, or if you're stressed, got some energy to burn, just go for a ride. Mm-hmm. You know, whether you go hard or you go easy, it doesn't matter. And, and so there's so many different kinds of riding from mountain biking to hybrid riding on on that's versatile on the road or but mainly i would say is best for gravel because you can go on gravel road um, paths because you can go fairly quick yeah i think you can feel pretty good about that um and then there's road riding of course and then there's gravel bikes that's the shape of a road bike but with uh, wider tires that gives the versatility like a hybrid bike and you can go but it's just trails the drop handlebar makes it a lot more comfortable for riding long distances yeah because you have more than one hand position so we thought it was, you know, just fun to, you know, we've been talking a lot about training and fitness and and all the, um, you know, the reasons to do it and the, the toolbox um, that's available to you. We thought we'd just start applying it to what we know our audience likes, which is the outdoors. Mm-hmm. And, 
and, uh, and you know, to taking a look at your bike and how you can use it as a training tool. Yeah. Because one of the, the things that's cool, like most people have a bike. Um, or, you know, like a lot of people have a, even if you don't use it, it's just sort of hanging in the garage. Right. Um, but if you, uh, just even no heart rate monitor, no fancy training, you just go for a bike ride for starting off with even half an hour and just try to not stop pedaling. Right. Don't coast, you know, that's a good tip. Um, yeah you're going to get a, a health and performance benefit out of it um, without feeling beaten up. Uh, and one of the great things is that, you know, with like a lot of our stuff, you know, say the longevity episodes, things like that, where we talked about the importance of cardiovascular training, um, you know, and, and some parameters and what have you. But, you know, for us, the bike is the primary tool we choose to do that on. The beautiful thing about it is that aside from it doing tremendous work, you know, like if my heart rate climbs up to 150 within about 10, 15 seconds, it's back down at 115. Like it's, it's, I mean, I've recovered, I recover very well, Yeah, which is phenomenal. Right. Um, but, uh, what's really cool about it is, uh, I forgot my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> we, we went for a pretty hard ride this morning. I'm uh, tired. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because it's like three days in a row for us. Yeah, and how many kilometers, really? Because we did... It was like um, 60 on Sunday. 60 plus another 20 yesterday and 20 today. Yeah. It adds up. That's 100 kilometers. Which, you know... Plus for working a, out. For a roadie, uh, you know, isn't really that much. But we were on, yeah. you know, gravel for a lot of it. Uh, and strength training in between that. Yeah. Um, but one of the things you look at is like... My formula uh, that, you know, I basically put together stealing from, you know, all sorts of people, you know, the Peter Atias and the Pat Flynn's and the Dan Johns and all the, you know, doctors and coaches and researchers, uh, you know, my formula for longevity is eight to 10,000 steps a day, strength train three to five times a week, work on your balance, work on your mobility, and then get, you know, Basically, a minimum of three hours of zone two cardio, which is elevated heart rate, but not brutally hard. Uh, and then one day a week of intervals. Right. And that's the point that I forgot, which is when you ex when you, when I cycle, the best part, it, it feels like fun. Yeah. It doesn't feel like exercise. Yeah. It never has, whether it be mountain biking, whether it's road. Road feels very meditative yeah. for me. And there are times that you work. I remember the first time you told me you'd do intervals for 20 seconds yeah 20 or, not, seconds. or uh, you know ramping 20, it up yeah and then as hard as you can go and then bring your heart rate back down like two and a half minutes later and then mm -hmm. go again yeah and i i hated the idea of it i told him off <laughs> yeah yeah but i did it i'm like oh it wasn't so bad yeah <laughs> now i do it when i want because if you get to a certain speed it's easier to maintain and you can really you know just coast not coast but it's it's an easier ride than trying to get up there slowly. Yeah. But it doesn't even really, if you do zone two training, and you'll probably talk about this, it really elevates your foundational fitness for cycling. And every time you consistently do it, you adapt and adapt every time you go. Yeah. And it just increases that minimum uh, 
level of ability. Yeah. And so it becomes easier and easier. And plus your body gets better at, you know, adapts more quickly at recovering. So mm-hmm. it, it all just seems like a bunch of fun. Yeah. Honestly. Well, and the great thing is when you build your aerobic capacity, which is what zone two training is going to do, it also makes you recover quicker when you're strength training because recovery is recovery. So the fitter you are, like if you do so or a heavy set of squats, right, and really gets you huffing and puffing, mm-hmm. if you're aerobically fit, you'll recover from that quicker. Like anything that gets you huffing and puffing, you'll recover quicker, right? So it means you can get more quality work done in your strength training and make more progress there. Yeah, I agree with that because a lot of the times what was limited me in doing anything with the kettlebells, whether it be goblet squats or, you know, 20 uh, reps of um, swings, swings is was my cardio Mm -hmm. and now it's not the case anymore yeah you know because you've just built that engine a little bit more no it's cool and talk about um the need for cardiovascular health like what essentially it's your heart it's your you know what are what what are what are the negative uh illnesses that people have that if you worked on your cardio okay so um first and, and these are in no particular order Right, because depending on which thing I talk about, it might be more important to a given person when they hear it. Sure. Um, so, uh, obviously, um, your cardiovascular system, which is your heart and lungs, like your ability to pump blood around your body, um, when your heart is stronger, your veins and arteries are more supple. Uh, they're not clogged. <laughs> you have, you know, more, more cardiac output. Um, you know, your blood is better. You're carrying oxygen. Um, all of those things, uh, you know, basically it will reduce, reduce blood pressure, reduce your risk of a heart attack, reduce your risk of a stroke. Um, so all of those are really important. Um, then obviously being cardiovascularly fitter will also generally because you're doing an activity for a longer period of time so you burn more calories um uh it can be part of the contributor to better metabolic health reducing your risk of type 2 diabetes um uh cardiovascular training um you know, especially your zone two training will increase mitochondrial density, which is the little power plants in the cells and that decreases we age. So the better metabolic health you have, just the better health period you have systemically. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, then uh, obviously any kind of breathing related uh, illnesses, right? Um, the better lung capacity you have, the better ability to process oxygen you have. Um, you know, the the less those kinds of, you know, because if you see somebody, uh, you know, an elderly person walking around with an oxygen tank, right, it's because their body can't absorb enough oxygen, mm-hmm. right? Well, if you have a bigger oxygen processing capacity, which you get from this type of training, you reduce those risks as you get older as well. Um, then uh, another one, and I just did a pretty funny social media post about this, um, is fellas in particular, um, is sexual health, 
Um, and this will affect women as well, right? Because we all need blood flow down there. The better your blood flows, the cardiovascularly fit you are, um, the less likely you are to have erectile dysfunction. Um, or as I coned it, droopy banana syndrome. <laughs> and I did a cool little banana graphic. Um, uh, you know, I'm going to take and get t-shirts made up with that. Stop BDS. Is it BDS? <laughs> yeah. No. BBS. Droopy banana syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. On my shirt. Um, you know, and one of the interesting facts, and again, guys, uh, you know, you know how old you are. Um, 40% of the men in their 40s have erectile dysfunction, 50% of the men in their 50s, and 60% of the men in their 60s. Uh, so if you don't want to be part of that, being the two biggest uh, issues are cardiovascular disease. Like actually erectile dysfunction is an early indicator of cardiovascular yeah. disease. Um and like, like how many years I so so one of the studies uh, is fifteen percent of the men who present with uh, erectile dysfunction will have a heart attack in the next seven years. Fifteen. Fifteen. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and you can have basically cardiovascular disease and not have a heart attack, right? It's sort of something that Peter Atia talks about. Interesting. Are you going to die um, with? coronary artery disease or are you going to die from it mm-hmm. <laughs> right because everybody as they age a certain amount of plaque develops on the 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 walls of your arteries and what have you mm-hmm. but the more your body pumps blood around at a higher rate which you're going to get from cardio training um the better like basically the more elastic they are right because you're forcing them to work at a different different levels yeah right and they adapt um uh and then obviously if uh from back to the the erectile dysfunction issue uh if you have metabolic diseases like type 2 diabetes uh they very strongly correlate to having boner problems so you know Heart problems and metabolic problems, especially if you have both, right, which tends to be from being relatively out of shape, um, having excess body fat, particularly visceral fat around the organs, um, all of those things contribute uh, to having erectile dysfunction problems. Um, And one of the great things, uh, you know, cardio training reduces visceral fat, particularly high-intensity intervals. Mm-hmm. Um, and they both types of training, the high-intensity intervals and the sed- steady-state mm-hmm. aerobic training, um, also improve insulin sensitivity, which is what causes in- insulin insensitivity is what leads to type 2 diabetes. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of that together, uh, you know, uh, basically can not just improve your the health of your body but improve the health of your time in the bedroom (laughs) (laughs) and not only are you dealing with these combating these um you know diseases and situations but now you have a reason guess what fuels what guess one of the greatest fuels for um you know cycling and cardio fitness is 
carbs. Yeah. You know, and I, I've probably given my carb, protein, fat, uh, you know. it again. Yeah. So, so this is the way I want people to think about their approach to food. There are essential amino acids, which means essential proteins. Uh, there's essential fatty acids, right? And essential just means your body can't make them, so you have to get them from the outside. So you need essential amino acids. You need essential fatty acids. There are no essential carbohydrates. Carbohydrates are fuel, and the more you do, the more fuel you need. So, you know, it's one of those things. Like, obviously... our energy requirements, if we do a big Sunday ride and we go out for two to four hours pretty hard, covering a lot of miles, our energy requirements that day are higher than if Catherine has... Yeah, that, that could be almost uh, 2,000 calories yeah. for me, like maybe around 1,800. That's yeah. a lot. That's almost like what I would just eat generally in eat in a day. Yeah. So you can imagine how much fun <laughs> that yeah. is and... And, you know, you not to say that you want to go overboard. And, and, and I guess it'd be interesting to talk about nutrition after, like, when do you eat your carbs, mm-hmm. you know, so that you don't carry over the next few days. But because um, that is important when you're cycling that you have some food. Yeah. You got to fuel you. yourself. Anything longer than an hour, you got to fuel yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and not everybody's going to get into cycling the way that we do. Yeah. Right. Like, it's just, like, OK, well, cycling's good for me. So I'll do, uh, you know. Exactly what's prescribed. Yeah. Maybe four 45-minute rides or three one-hour rides and then do my intervals. Uh, fuck that guy, but I want to be healthy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, personally, it's 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 the kind of thing that, as you said earlier, I don't get bored. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you can you can still listen to music. Um, we always like to do it safely, you know, like if you're on the road especially. Um, preferably just one one uh, ear pod or something in the ear and the other one you can hear what's going on or or the funky out of the ear ones that you use yeah um but the idea is that you know you can certainly go for a longer amount of time um and i burn about i don't know 450 calories an hour an hour although the fitter you get the less calories you burn right Uh, depends on what you're doing so so here's the thing you run into for the same speed you'll burn less calories the fitter you are You'll, you'll end up just going faster but because sure. the fitter you are, the faster and more wattage you can put out. Mm. Um, and the human body is roughly, uh, you know, 25% efficient. So if you're putting out 250 watts for an hour, um, that's going to be knocking on the door of 1,000 calories in an hour. Right. Right. So, you know, it's always one of these trade-offs that you run into where the harder you go and the longer you go, the more calories you're going to burn. Yeah. But if you're not in very good shape, you can't go very hard for very long. Right. So that's that's why for an out of shape person, like if you're starting off the couch, what would you recommend? Exercise, uh, isn't the best way to burn calories because you're not fit enough. (laughs) You should exercise, but don't think of that as your primary way of incre- increasing your caloric expenditure mm-hmm. because you're not fit enough to do it. Yeah. Right? Where you get a, and this is sort of almost the catch 22, the super fit athlete uh, who is capable of burning 1,000 calories an hour um, often doesn't specifically need to because <laughs> they're already lean. Yeah. Right? All the training it took to get that fit. Yeah. Um, you know, and they, they tend to be more lifestyle oriented to get there. Right. You know. Um, 
but yeah, like the the biggest thing you'll run into um, starting out, like it, obviously if you're just off the couch, walking's great. Um, but just get out for a bike ride period. Pick something flat. Like if you've got rail trails near you, you don't have to worry about traffic. Um, you know, we're lucky because we've got a few right near us. Yeah. You know, we've got like a, where we live, we've got a flat trail along the river that if you go out and back... Um, it's about 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Well, actually not anymore because we've got the gravel bikes, so it's way faster now. Yeah. Um, on the mountain bikes, it used to be about 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Trans-Canada Cycling Trail runs through our area, and that goes from coast to coast in Canada, so that's pretty fucking long. Mm-hmm. Then just north of us is the Guelph to Goddard Trail, um, which is 137 kilometers one way. Um now, with a lot of these, they're not the greatest for turning into a loop. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're willing to mix some like rail trail and some dirt roads and some paved roads, loops are totally doable. Yeah, and there's a lot of apps out there, like Trail Forks is Little, one. Yeah. But is that more for mountain biking or do they do road as, and gravel as well? Uh, they don't do gravel, but they show all the rail trails. That are marked okay. on there in purple and free. Anybody can use it, or do you? Uh, so, if you want detailed ones for every state, blah blah, and province, then you there's a thirty five bucks a year for the app, right? But you can access them all for free on the internet, just on their website. So, uh, and then there's uh, a all web trails, all trails, which uh, hiking. I, th- I think it's predominantly started off as hiking. Yeah, but it's got hiking, biking. Uh, you know, you can mix and match. Like I've done some like drawn out like cycling routes. Yeah. And they usually show the elevation. Yeah. Right. So you can see at what point on the trail it's doing what. So you can get a sense of, of yeah. that. And people add their photos and they rate them and, you know, it shows what's near you. So that's convenient. And that has a free uh, user. Like you can get in there for free. If you want more details, you just pay. Yeah. And if you want it to be able to download the maps for offline use, mm-hmm. uh, you pay a fee for that. Um, another one, and I, uh, I, uh, I forget exactly what it's called, but I think it's like gravelmaps.com. Um, is that what you use for the Godrich? No. You used it for something. You were looking. No, that's a different one too. recently. Uh, okay. no, gravel maps, um, just shows you where gravel roads are. Right. Like they superimpose, like highlighted. Oh, okay. Um, oh, cool. So if you're looking for actual gravel roads yeah, yeah. rather than, yeah. you know, busier paved roads and you've got a gravel or a hybrid bike or a mountain bike. Um, right. And that's the nice thing. If you want to avoid traffic, you tend to see less, you know, traffic on those gravel roads. Yeah. You know, and that's where like basically recently, because for the last three years, I've just had a mountain bike. Um, so I'd mountain bike, I'd ride the, um, uh, you know, the river trail near our house and I'd ride my bike to work, but I wasn't, if we weren't like going somewhere to mountain bike, I wouldn't go on long road rides or, or gravel rides or anything. Um, but Catherine so kindly bought me a gravel bike recently. Um, it's, it's my favorite. Um, and I'm running into the thing now we rode road on it. Um, and it's not because it's got a wider tire with a bit of tread on it. It's not as fast as my road bike used to be. Um, or maybe I'm just not as fast, (laughs) but the thing is, it's pretty fast. Like it feels like a road bike that I don't bat an eyelash of ripping down a dirt road on. Right. Um, and for me, like it's so much fun. 
Yeah. Right? Because when I'm on pavement, I don't feel slow. You know, like doing intervals today, like I was doing four by four intervals and they're they're pretty straightforward. Uh, warm up and then for four minutes, go as hard as you can. Go four minutes easy. Repeat it four times. Um, and we were on pavement today, uh, except for one little stretch because um, Catherine's on a road bike. And I hit when I was doing these intervals, like I was cruising at like 34 to 37 kilometers an hour. Now, um, I was like so oxygen deprived that I sounded, (laughs) you know, like these are hard, you know, and every time I thought my legs would explode from the lactic acid and the hydrogen ions floating around there, I would like jump out of the saddle and attack a little more. And, you know, basically, uh, long story short, it, it, it felt like a road bike, mm-hmm. right? Um, and that was pretty cool. Like gravel bikes are a relatively new invention. It, it is got the tire clearance for like up to, well, depending, some of them go really wide, but like ours will go like 38 millimeter wide tires, um, but it handles like a road bike, mm-hmm. just a little bit more stable. Yeah. Um, uh, with disc brakes, so you'll handle kind of any braking conditions. Um, but it's still a drop handlebar like a road bike. Right. It's yeah. super fun on the gravel. Yeah. Uh, rail trails or just gravel trails because typically you go a lot slower than on them with yeah. your mountain bike or hybrid. Yeah. Um, but with that kind of a bike, it, it's, it's kind of fun. Yeah. Cause we were like on Sunday, the, the Guelph to Goddard trail and it's, it's for the most part flat. Um, there was periods where like, I'm just cruising at 30. Yeah. Like, you know, and yeah. it's just like zoom, zoom, zoom. Yeah. Like it felt great. Um, you know, I'm getting, getting my like sustained riding legs back. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is one of the things that's kind of cool, uh, almost like as a, testament to how effective my kettlebell programs are oh okay yeah um yeah. from the standpoint like other than riding back and forth to work and the occasional mountain bike ride we yeah, would do yeah i haven't been doing long distance cycling you have not and and we can even use ryan as the example as well yeah because he came out on that one long ride with me and before that he hadn't been riding like Harley. Yeah. Meanwhile, I've been riding since over the winter, maybe a half hour a day, several times a week. And yeah. then consistently since May, um, I can't remember how many kilometers of, but anyways, a lot. I used to ride, um, especially before you probably about two, maybe about three, four, three times a week. Let's just say yeah. that. And then more recently it's been coming four. And then now, I mean, I'd probably do almost five, yeah. four or five, but I try not to do it every day. And if I go out on a day that I'm tired, it's going to be super easy yeah. just to get the blood flowing. But yeah, seeing Ryan ride, like he had, he was ahead of me. I had to keep up with him and, yeah. and he had no conditioning, like no training. So that's other than the kettlebell program I gave him. Yeah. So certainly the kettlebell program gives, given him like the cardio fitness because there is cardio injected in those, uh, every minute on the minute workouts, but also the ballistic training to, and the strength. Yeah. Right. And as we know that, and you know, especially if you're, you've got fast twitch muscles, fibers like men do. And generally, um, in particular they do women have slower twitch generally, 
But well, and it, um, everybody has both. It's just the ratio. Right. Yeah. And, you know, generally if you're a good sprinter and that's just how you roll versus endurance, um, you know, that's of use mm-hmm. when you're riding. Cause yeah, because you, you can, can accelerate up to speed quicker. Yeah. Because it's easier to hold a speed than it is to get there. Right. You know, so. It certainly is, yeah. That's one of the things that you get from your interval training. Yeah, so I, I definitely noticed that. And also when I did the 10,000 kettlebell swing challenge a couple yeah. years ago, and then I, it, April came, it was right, I finished and it was April and I started riding. It was like, it was like a joke. Like yeah. I handled that bike so easily. I was also lighter, but I didn't have the training, any of the conditioning and didn't matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, and uh, because up until getting this gravel bike, and you're, not, and you're not going to swing a kettlebell for over an hour, so don't think you can. <laughs> no, <laughs> now you you can you can do some pretty effective, uh, like half hour workouts if you do those frequently with the ballistics. And will that still give you the cardio? Because you said you want to aim for how many a week, hours a week? Three hours. Yeah. So I suppose if you worked out six days a week, <laughs> but do you want to? <laughs> yeah. You know, but if you were to mix it, you know, and, and that's sort of the whole thing. Like you can combine the two. Yeah. Because yeah. remember, don't let um, good be uh, perfect. Be the enemy of of, of good enough. Yeah. Um, because doing anything and progressing is going in the right direction. You know, when I talk about like three hours of zone two cardio a week and one session of intervals, which works out to be about a 40, 45 minute workout. Um, a lot of people hear that and go, I can never do that. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, that's optimal. Um, you know, just from all the data on a health thing. Well, if you're not doing anything, doing three half hours, zone twos and no intervals is going to be an improvement, mm-hmm. right? So just three relatively easy bike rides. Just if you're riding a bike, just don't coast. Keep your feet moving. Like try to as much as you can. Yeah, and that's that's an interesting um, tip for cycling if you want to get better is number one your feet should always be moving and i think before until you told me that i would ride coast ride coast you yeah. know what i mean now I, it was just ingrained me ingrained in me not to do that yeah unless i was tired mm-hmm. um or going down a hill and i just uh, like i couldn't yeah you just run i just geared out right yeah. um so that's yeah so that's uh, interesting. The other thing too was the cadence. Yeah, I recently got a sensor that I put on my bike pedal, or what's that called? Crank arm. The, the crank arm that would measure how quickly I would spin. Yeah, how many revolutions per minute? Right. So you were saying that you'd like to see me between eighty-five and a hundred. Yeah. For zone two. Oh no! All training, like all riding. Okay, all riding. You know. Meanwhile, I'll try and keep my heart rate down to zone two. Yeah, when you when it's a zone two workout, it's like that foot speed, like faster pedaling. Because mm-hmm. here's the thing you run into. If you were in an untrained state, and when I say that, I'm going to call it anybody without like two or three years of steady, like I'm a spandex wearing, put my miles in cyclist, you know, um, you run into the thing where you generally are stronger than you are cardiovascularly fit. Mm-hmm. So you tend to push a harder gear and pedal slower. Right. Um, the faster within reason, you know, that's why I put the ceiling at a hundred RPMs. Not that there can't be any benefits of going faster than that, but uh, you know, if you're pedaling a slightly easier gear for the same road speed, a slightly easier gear pedaling faster will transport or transmit, <laughs> change, uh, transmutate <laughs> um, 
a chunk of the work from being a load on your muscular system to your cardiovascular system, right? If you push a big gear hard for long stretches, you're going to get really tired legs. Um, where pedaling a light gear quickly gets you your heart rate up initially till you adapt to it. Right. Um, but the next day your legs aren't tired from it usually. Yeah. So I saw... So I got clipped in clip in pedals, mm-hmm. which means that I have a shoe that clips into my pedal and it's kind of like a ski binding. Exactly. And you unclip it the same way. You just, in fact, it. yours are from look who made one of the first clip in ski bindings. Yeah. And so that's interesting. Cause then you start to really use the full range of your, the muscles for the full range of the cycle mm-hmm. motion. Yeah. You're actually able to pedal in circles. That's not right. just pistoning up and down. Yeah. Not just pushing down. Right. And alternating between sides, you're starting to use your hamstrings and your glutes more. Mm-hmm. Um, so much so, because it's been about a week that I've been using them, I think. Something, maybe a week and a half. Yeah. I really noticed it, like my, especially on the long ride. And now I was working hard, but other times I've worked hard. But that, I felt it in my hams yeah. and in my glutes for sure. Um, and in my calves. Um, I also, so that's an, that's an interesting next step up. You know, there's different stages that you can do things. You don't mm-hmm. have to. And I don't think I recommend people going to clipus. Is that what we call them? Clipus pedals? Yep. Um, just because, you know, just do things in progression and it makes things interesting as well. Right? Yeah. Keep it simple. Keep the expenses down. Um, it is worthwhile getting a speedometer. Um, uh, that's, and a heart rate monitor. And a heart rate monitor. And so talk about that training. Like, so somebody gets a bike. Mm-hmm. First of all, let's just talk about a bike and we're, we're going to have another episode on bike fit. Um, and I think we can probably get into like, um, maybe, uh, toys for the bikes and, you know, maybe yeah. that'll go along with it. But just when it comes to the bike, give us some advice on that. Yeah. So I, I think if you're starting from scratch, right, you don't own a bike, um, you know, for most people, I'd probably recommend a hybrid bicycle, uh, it has the flatter mountain or the flatter handlebar of a mountain bike. Um, but with a wider tire than a road bike, but a narrower tire than a mountain bike. And the hybrid, the idea of a hybrid is it rolls pretty good on the road on pavement, but the tires wide enough with enough traction that if you go on rail trails, dirt roads, kind of everywhere that we would go with a gravel bike, right. it goes just fine. You're just in a little bit more upright position. Um, uh, generally, they're less expensive. Yeah. Um, gravel bikes, you know, are, are pricier because they're they're sort of aimed at the more performance market um, or serious market. Um, where are you going? I can't sit anymore. My back hurts. Oh. Well, you, you should have said something. It just looked like you were just about to walk away. Um no, now you're gonna have to make all the noise adjusting your microphone up. Yes. Yeah. So all this noise is Catherine. <laughs> there we go. Is that okay? Uh, there is we that go. a good height for you? Yeah, it's perfect. Okay, good. There we go. Um, <laughs> she's up from the table doing some stretches because we record our podcast at our kitchen table. Yeah. Um, on really uncomfortable solid wooden chairs mm-hmm. with no padding. Um. Yeah, so hybrid bike, like if you just want to be able to ride in like normal clothes, you don't want to look like you're going in the Tour de France with spandex and all that jazz. Uh, 
you know, we'll get into why we wear that stuff. It serves a purpose, yeah. but, um, you know, uh, the hybrid is just versatile. Um, you know, drawbacks to it, uh, you know, generally tend to be anything like a mountain bike type handlebar tends to be limited to hand positions. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got to add aftermarket stuff like bar ends or get some of the funky alternative handlebars um, that give you more than one hand position. So if you're going fairly long, you know, and that's sort of anything more than 45 minutes, we'll say, uh, it can get uncomfortable a little bit because your hands are just in one position. Mm-hmm. Um, and if your hands are in the same position, then your torso is in the same position, mm. right? Um, you know, in addition to there being like aerodynamic benefits to a drop handlebar, uh, you know, because you can get down in the low position. Um, when you have, you know, the road bike or gravel bike style handlebar, there's more hand positions. And every time you move your hands around, you also change your torso angle a little bit. Um, and a mountain bike style or a flatter bar, um, even if it's like got a little bit of rise, I don't find them super comfortable out of the saddle, you know, when your hands are like this. Right. But when you're on the brake hoods of a modern road or gravel bike, do, 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 you know, Those are like the little horns. Yeah. But that's where you also like, that's your default position when you're riding. Mm-hmm. Well, they're comfortable out of the saddle. Yeah. You know, so um, when you're riding longer, you're trying to ride harder, a drop handlebar has its benefits. Mm-hmm. It's just those bikes do tend to get you to bend over further. Um, I started off with a hybrid yeah. that you sold me, Gary Fisher, and I did use it for the a 50K uh, road ride, recreational with the Tour de Grand here in Cambridge. And I rode with road cyclists quite often recreationally. Yeah. And... Um, I had a big ass seat on it yeah. to make it comfortable and everybody looked at me. I'm like, Hey, I'm comfortable. Um, yeah. So it worked for the time being. And I think it's a great entry because it gives you that versatility to do, especially if people are a little uncomfortable to go on roads. I get that, yeah. you know, and, and if you don't already have a bike community, then not too many people like to go and ride on a rural road or, um, on their own for yeah. safety. Well, so it also comes in too, depending on where you live. Like you and I are kind of spoiled true. yeah. because down the hill from our house, we have, a, uh, a, you know, like a crushed stone, um, you know, like recreational trail yeah. along yeah. the river. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people don't, they live in the city. But, so, but then is. Uh, is it even five minutes to be out of town? Not even on road. <laughs> Three. Yeah. yeah. You know, so we live like as cyclists, like we live in a really ideal spot because we've got two mountain bike areas close by that are really good. Yeah. Um, we've got a bunch of rail trails near us. Um, and then we can go on like unlimited road and gravel, like dirt road bike rides directly from our house. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's sort of one of those things. If you're in a bigger city that isn't as bike friendly, Yeah. then you want to look for those park paths and that kind of thing. Yeah. So, and I think if people want to try road cycling, I think the, probably the next best thing could either be getting a road bike or just get a gravel bike. So you still have that versatility, but you can go fast. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. yeah I find, I, I do find road cycling quite meditative. Yeah. See, cause I was comparing it to mountain biking. Cause then there's mountain biking, right? Yeah. Like not and just we'll get that on trails, like not on gravel trails. I'm talking like in the forest, Single right? track, dirt, yeah, jumps, so roots and rocks. Those are intervals, but that is kind con- that, and that's a lot of fun when, once you get over, when you feel more comfortable, right? Cause yeah. you want to start off slow and learn the techniques and all that. But, um, but whereas road, there isn't any of that and it's just go and it's very meditative but you go fast yeah which is kind of cool yeah like you basically you're not constantly on the lookout for obstacles to hop over and you know you can get and just groove uh and that's sort of what's fun about road riding um and then you know dirt roads are kind of the in between of that where you got to pay attention a little bit on a dirt road right um but it's still a road but with road bikes you have to pay attention to potholes or yeah for sure. You'll, you'll ding up your tires and dent your rims. Um, yeah. And so, but it, it's the thing. If somebody's getting into road riding already, you know, drop handlebar, skinny tires, all that kind of thing, the reality comes in, you know, if they're listening to this, they're probably getting the mileage in already. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, what we're trying to do is is attract more of you over to the dark side. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, and that's where like the hybrid, you know, or a gravel bike. Um, you know, and that's sort of one of the things that's awesome right now is like there's so fucking much selection in bikes. Yeah. Um, there is, like to give you an idea, when I was a kid, you had kind of like the cruiser bike uh, and a 10-speed, right? Your road bike. Then in the 80s, the mountain bike came along. Mm-hmm. Right, um, and then somewhere in there, the hybrid came along too. Right, the cross between the mountain bike Late and the road 90s. bike. You know, um, well, not even earlier because we were selling them back in the early nineties. Mm. Um, but now, it's not that there's the road bike category. There's the hill climbing road bike, like the. Then there's the aerodynamic road bike. There's the. Uh, oh, wow. endurance road bike which tends to be a little bit more relaxed fit for longer riding mm-hmm. it's like the first two are kind of aimed at like basically they're selling you bikes that the guys in the tour de france would use mm-hmm. <laughs> right the hill climbing bike and the aerodynamic bike and where do they go for uh ba- basically anywhere like if you're getting into that specialty thing like a racing road bike mm-hmm. probably starting about 1500 bucks for like anything that a and any serious roadie would like turn their nose up at, you know, but still, you know, um, up to like 15, 20 grand. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you get carbon fiber, everything mm-hmm. and electronic shifting and mm-hmm. every bell and whistle under the sun. You can yeah. spend an ass load. Yeah. You don't have to. Um, gravel, you'll run into the thing a lot more option because it's kind of being aimed at the every man, every woman. <laughs> um, so you'll get blinged out carbon fiber gravel racing bike because racing on gravel has become a thing now. Um, uh, Because, you know, what do you call two people on bikes? A race. Mm. (laughs) So if there's a bike category, somebody's turned it into a race. Right. Um, So with gravel, you'll get kind of the more touring recreational type gravel bikes mm-hmm. utilitarian commuter rec- gravel bikes mm-hmm. and then you'll get everything up to uh you know basically uh what until you know what you're looking at is like a full-on tour de france bike 
just has got more tire clearance and a slightly wider tire. Right. You know. Um, we're good. Um, you know, so, the, like I said, for most people, if you get sort of a, uh, a recreational, um, uh, like a hybrid bike or a recreational gravel bike, mm-hmm. those are the ones that I think are probably of most use to people. Yeah. Um, you know, or even touring bikes, right? Um, you know, where it's like you're not limited with what you can ride on. You can ride anything but mountain bike trails. And even like some of the gravel bikes, like you could ride like beginner mountain bike trails even right. on them. Um, and, you know, then it's just a key of get out and ride, right? Mm. Like don't even think of it as like specifically a training thing. Just try to accumulate more time riding because. Yeah. Uh, and if you pick, like if you have some sort of route that's regular, um, gradually get faster at it. Yeah, I was really excited about it just because for me, it's it's fun. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't even feel like exercise yet. There's such a high training benefit. And yeah. so, you know, incorporate it into your day. Say you are in, you know, potential riding distance to your work. Use yeah. it. Well, because let's say, let's say uh, it's a half an hour each way. Mm-hmm. Well, that, you know, if, if you're a half hour bike ride to work, um, that's an hour a day that isn't spent in a car commuting. Mm-hmm. I realize, obviously, if it's a half-hour bike ride, it's not a half-hour drive. But um, and then you sort of extrapolate that out. Well, now you got five hours of cardio a week. Yeah, for free. Yeah, and that's just and you saved on gas money. A utility. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Your cardio is covered. Obviously, you should do like one day of intervals. You know, if we're yeah. being picky about it, sort of. But if you're strapped on time, think about how you might be able to use it. Like I, I really enjoyed it. I enjoy it now immensely to go in the morning. Um, I enjoyed more of that than working out. Now I'm getting used to it. Now I come back. Because I'm doing so much riding, um, we're doing easy strength program, which just real quick what it is. It's um, it's a program developed by Dan John where you take the five um, primary exercises. Minus the squat. Right. A push, a pull, hip hinge, weighted carry. And we added in the ab wheel. Um in that as well we took out the squat just because we were doing so much leg work and you're just looking to do 10 reps of each of those exercises you can break it up in one set of 10 you can do three sets of nine plus one no you mean three sets of three three sets of three i mean or two (laughs) sets of five you know however you want to do it right yeah and pick different loads for each of those so obviously the weight you do three sets of three will be heavier than your two sets of five, which will be heavier than your one set at that. Yeah. The idea is that you want the load to be work, um, relatively, you know, not hard, but I you would know. say work. And then yeah. you just, you know, you'll find that you get stronger. And I've already started off. How long have we been doing easy strength for? Two weeks? Two weeks. So we've been doing it and you're supposed to do it five days a week. We've probably been doing it four, or I have. And where I started off doing um, a pull-up, for example, with um, uh, a band, a resistance band. When you've already gone to a lighter band. Did I start up the heaviest one? Yeah. Um, but then I immediately wanted to use the next one because I didn't like, I was worried that it was going to snap up. So I, I, I used that band. I haven't. Oh, okay. Yeah. The point is, is that um, where I started off not being able to do any pull-ups, and I think the following week I did one, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can. Um, yeah. And then this week, today, this morning, I did four 
separately, like because uh, I had to do six in total uh, sets of one. Yeah. And uh, I got four with my chin over the bar or five, maybe. Yeah. So that's mm, tremendous progress, yeah. you know, in my upper body. So anyways, that's just an example of how that works. And when you combine that with all the cycling fitness you're getting and the inherent strength you're getting, you know, workout in your your hands, your glute, <laughs> everything, you don't always need to do so much in the gym. So it turns out to be honestly, because today it was perfect. We were warmed up. We went and did our workout. It was 10 minutes done. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, we basically that. got back from a bike ride this morning. Yeah. And just did two sets of five cleans, two sets of five presses. Uh, I did five sets of two pull-ups. And Catherine did six sets of one, you know, basically sort of a heavier day. And then we did a set of ab wheel, and we were done. Yeah. Um, so that was great. And so basically when we're doing so much, because like, Last week, I think, when it came to riding, we were like six or seven hours total for the whole week. Yeah. You know, so with that much riding, we just sort of bring the strength training to uh, effective but minimum. Right. Um, You know, the type of training we're doing isn't going to build a lot of muscle. You know, we have phases of that in the winter um, when we got nothing better to do. Yeah, the Uh, strength is tapping into your... Nervous system. Your nervous system, right? You know. Okay. Um, as opposed to just packing You're training off. it. You're conditioning it. Yeah. You're, yeah. And exposing then, it to difficult things. And yeah. And it adapts. And it's high like frequency. Yeah. You know, instead of, you know, hitting each body part like a couple times a week with a big workout, you're hitting everything five days a week. I heard from Peter Tio or his recommendation, it's more important to do things. Like when you look at these... Um, goals of how much you do in a week yeah it's it's better uh, you're better off to do it um spread it out throughout the week and do it consistently than you are to do it all in one shot oh uh, because spe- it gives you it helps your you know your, your body adapt you know is under stress and then you walk away from it you recover and the next day you do it again yeah. and again and again and your body yeah it's not the ideal way to build muscle you know muscles like break it down Mm. a couple times a week got it you know maybe three i guess it depends on what you're doing then yeah look cardio for higher frequency like it's better to do like if you're doing three hours of zone two it's better to do three one hour workouts than one three hour okay at the end of the day do some something is better than nothing yes that's rule number one (laughs) and number two is do it on a bicycle (laughs) be consistent (laughs) consistency is key yeah Yeah, that's why we like um bikes so much is that it's fun it just fits it's but and you can do it for an extended period of time and it's not boring well and uh, and that that i think is important because you got to like what you're doing but the other one is it doesn't beat the fuck out of you Mm, right yeah for injuries Um, and, and and actually for me when you were talking about the cadence bit that was especially important for me to not grind my gears because um, it would mean that my quads and everything else, like then I'm doing a different kind of workout, yeah. right? It's not so much cardio, it might be more, a little bit more strength and it's putting more load um, on, load on, the on muscles. my muscles when I'm trying to reduce the load on your knees. Yeah. <laughs> right. So this is a lighter torque, higher RPM, yeah. right? So each pedal stroke isn't as hard. And so there isn't as much stress going through the knee, right? You know, with each pedal stroke. Um, so not only does it make you a better cyclist, but it's healthier for your knees, right? You're Stretching, blessed. by the way, is so After important. So important. I mean, I feel it in particular because otherwise my muscles seize up. Yeah. Um, so important. And um, we do a, um, a lunge, right? 
the world's greatest stretch. Yeah. So you stretch your with the right if your right foot's um, on the ground at a ninety degree angle. No, it's way. I go way more than ninety. But anyways, uh, and the other one's just flat on the ground, right? Just splayed behind you, not flat, but it's back. Yeah. Then you're stretching your groin muscle of the your left. Your hip flexors. Your hip flexor. Yeah. Sorry, your hip flexor, and then um, and then you. Rock back and Rock straighten back. your leg and stretch your hamstring. Your hamstring. And then there's another one where... And then you lean forward and stretch, like lean your to- torso forward. Uh, just look up World's Greatest Stretch oh, <laughs> on YouTube. A, it's a thing? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Just look oh, it up. Oh, did you think I made it up? I, do, I thought you did. Oh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. See, she's expecting such brilliance from me that anytime she hears something cool, she just expects that yeah. I'm inventing And then it. I start to hear it when he says all his tips. I'm like, you got that from Peter Tia. He just said that. <laughs> or you, you know. got it from here. Well, well now, the, truth listening. be told, like a bunch of his shit, we all just got it from the same studies. Yeah. Right. You know, because I'm a nerd reading this shit. Yeah. Um, you know, and the way I figure it. Off of PubMed, by the way. Yeah, a lot of PubMed. <laughs> if you want to know where. Yeah. Um, but here's something that, that you run into that I think is kind of funny is that because for most people, when they listen to Peter, right, that I love the guy. He's uh, fine. I get him. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because a lot of times he does go down rabbit holes as no. far as like. No. No, uh, I, I find over. I've listened to. And you know how your thing is that you could listen to him for like a couple of hours? Yeah. So can I actually. Oh, okay. Does maybe that just warm your heart? Well, maybe, you're, maybe your attention span's expanding. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> no, I find him easy to digest and very, I'm, I'm active. Like I'm very interested. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So what's APOB? What? Oh, uh, something hyper. No, I don't know. <laughs> Just because it's one of those little health markers that he always talks about. How are we doing for time? Uh, I don't want us to run out. We're not going to. 57 okay. minutes. Oh, we got lots of time. Yeah, because um, yeah, we record so many podcasts that uh, sometimes our memory chips are close to full, so we don't want to run out. Right. You know. Um, but, so, yes. Uh, and, and if you want to listen to other cool people, um, The Drive uh, podcast, which is Dr. Peter Atia. Right. Um, Andrew Huberman's. Yeah, I kind of always look at it this way, that the super smart dudes like the the, because they're both Peter T is a doctor, uh, Andrew Huberman's a professor. um, They've gotten all of this out to people. Mm -hmm. Right. Which is great. I I love the science communication and what have you. Um, And then I see it. The job of guys like me is to make it, you know, because if you listen to both of them, there's so many fucking things you're supposed to be doing Yeah, that people are like, ah. Well, it, it's overwhelming if it's all new to you. And I think maybe through osmosis of living with you and, and hearing these things and then just having my own, um, you know, keen desire to understand, especially with my own health, yeah. right? And experience that I'm starting to pick it. I understand it now. Like, yeah. Right? Because whether it be, you know, but... Um, I haven't, anyways, I haven't heard the podcast yet about concussions, cause, but Amanda's experienced that. So yeah. I'm interested in learning more. But knees, hips, ankles, he did a really good one on that. And, and even mobility. He's, he's really gung-ho on mobility right now. He spends like an hour and a half. A day. Is it a day for how many days a week? Like four. He's, he's, a, he's a fucking lunatic. He <laughs> he's is not, so... He's, a, he's not figured out minimum effective dose <laughs> No, no, no. But he is, he's obsessed. Yeah with this stuff but you know you don't have to do the same hours and he doesn't 
profess to do that for the general population. No. He's, but he's very keen on helping you understand the whys, the hows. Yeah, he's trying to live that stupidly optimized life. Yeah. Although he used to race bicycles and now he's complaining that it's like, you know, spending just like uh, four to five hours a week on cardio. It's like, I, I remember the days like, you know, my schedule and my life. He just to, can't because he's got a family. Yeah. But yeah. man, I just, I remember what it was like being in good shape. He loved it. Yeah. <laughs> I love, because I love the feeling. He used to train like, I don't know, 10. No, it's closer to 20 hours 20 a week. 20 hours a week. He loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well. You know. But, but I do think that's funny. It's like, no, no. Like, seriously, you don't have to be a lunatic. Like, three hours plus an interval session. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I'm, it, it, it just works for people. You want to get some extra? That's great. Um, but, yeah. So, if you guys have questions about bicycles, uh, please reach out. Uh, livewildradio.com. You can hit the contact form at the bottom uh, and send us a... a any questions about bikes? Um, because, you know, we're going to be doing an episode on bike fitting. Because yep. one we, of the biggest reasons people don't ride their bikes is they don't find it comfortable. Oh, that's huge. That's huge. And, and we're you know, out. You know who's really good at getting people comfortable on bikes? Um, yeah. So you? <laughs> yeah, me. I did it for years. <laughs> yeah, I'm still doing it. Um, uh you know, so it's one of these things that we'll be able to walk you through easily done. Yeah. Like, we, we've already done a podcast episode on um, uh, maintaining, maintaining your bike. Yeah. So look for that one. I can't remember which episode it is, but that's worthwhile as well. And uh, but going back to bike fitting, if you're looking at bikes right now, just make sure wherever you go, get properly sized up for it and know that the bike you wind up with, if you have to tweak things, because you always will. Whether it be changing your seat, those are options. Seats, handlebars, stems. Like to raise it. All of the things that adjust how you contact the it bike. It needs to feel good. Yeah. Maybe if you're getting a road bike, it's not as wide as the handlebars as your shoulders. So you need to get a wider. Or narrower. Because yeah. a lot of, depending on your size. Go to a professional bike shop that knows how to do this. Yeah. It's worth it. You know. Because it, the thing comes in, it becomes an extension of you. And here's a, a just that little tip is that... Uh, the odds of the seat, the grips, the handlebar, the stem um, being right on any stock bike you buy, being the right sizes for you, uh, are super slim. Yeah. Right? Like if you look, Catherine was kind enough to buy me a new bike, right? I'm shortly changing the handlebar. Mm-hmm. Um, I've changed the stem, I changed the, the seat, seat post, and I changed the seat. And the pedals. Yeah, well, it didn't even come with any pedals. But so. that's not really the do with it. Oh, okay, right, right, You know. Yeah, and I'll be changing because my hands go numb, right? The height, the stem. On your gravel, because Catherine, she she was on a gravel bike buying spree because bought one for me and then thought, even though she has a road bike, she needed one. It was 50% off. Yeah, <laughs> it was a great deal. Um, but it's one of these things where... Uh, because Catherine's got long legs, we got to get the bar up a little bit. Right. Um, so we've got a stem coming in. So it's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. And you can get riser bar or like bars that come up higher. You can get ergonomically shaped grips. You can get more padding in your handlebar tape if you've got a drop handlebar. There's all these different things you can do to tweak it up. So we'll be talking about that in the next episode. So uh, until next time, please send us any of your questions, comments, concerns. Uh, like us on iTunes. I don't think you can like people on Spotify. Like rate us five stars. Yes. Just because, you know, why not? 
Um, and uh, uh, everybody, get your cardio because nobody wants a droopy banana. <laughs> Enough said. Mic drop. Yeah. Work hard. Play dirty. Bow, bow, bow. <laughs>